Well, fans, it is finally a game day. Holy smokes. It seems like it's been forever. I know it's only been a week, but, you know, Christmas is a long weekend for some people. So finally, the Caps will take on the National Predators. And I'm being joined by someone who knows a thing or two about this hockey club. He's going to help me break down the Predators here on Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals, a game day edition of Locked On Capitals. Oh my goodness, guys, doesn't it just feel so good? I am the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, your host as always, getting ready for the Washington Capitals game tonight against the Nashville Predators. We'll break down the matchup of the teams, how both teams have looked, and I got a little bit of a helping hand here to kind of make sure I know a thing or two about this hockey club from Smashville. And we'll get to him here in just a moment's time. Also, we're going to talk. I know it's I know it's not necessarily locked on Capitals, but unfortunately, I did the Lockdown NHL show yesterday, and this news broke after we were done recording. So I need to talk about the University of Michigan hockey team. No, not the ones that are right now beating up Austria on the World Junior stage. I'm talking the ones that are still in Ann Arbor. We'll get to all that here on this edition of Locked on Caps. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on a good colleague of mine. He is from Missouri. He is from sort of the South. He has broadcasted in the Southern Professional Hockey League. He is the former broadcaster of the University of Alabama Huntsville. He is the best free agent broadcaster on the market. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Peyton Turnage. Peyton, how are we doing? Man, Peyton, first of all, it's good to have you back, friend. How are you doing, sir? Well, it's good to be have, Tyler. Um, Just had a very Merry Christmas. I'm looking forward to a good new year in 2022. Yeah, remember we said that about 2021? Mm. (laughs) And look... I think it's funny. So Peyton and I, okay, so it's crazy. Peyton and I have never actually met in person. I should probably clarify that. Good friend Harrison Watt, uh, Fair State University, Fair State's play-by-play guy, introduced us virtually because, well, it took Alabama Huntsville to try to cut the program the first time in order for us to to lock, uh, to meet up or virtually, of course. And gosh, Peyton is one of the the most prestigious group. He was one of the members, of the most prestigious group out there, a member of the cool show five timers club, even though he was probably on for like 25 times. <laughs> I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth. Yeah, it was, he was one of the alternate captains cause he was the third person to join the club. But Peyton, you know, I, before we get to all the hockey and whatnot, because obviously you're, you're very well versed in the national predators, even though you're one of those people that puts their own name and number on the back of their sweater, it's okay. We'll let you have it. There's other people that do that too, but something that we haven't really gone too far into, I've kind of, you know, addressed it a little bit on this show and, and other outlets, but there was over the uh, two weeks ago, there was a massive amount of tornadoes that tore through the lower Midwest across the United States. And most will be through Kentucky. I know the death count on there, unfortunately, just went up. Our thoughts and prayers, of course, always with those families down there that have been affected by this. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of cleanup that's going on here. But you yourself, you were near that. You were pretty darn close to those very devastating tornadoes. And you told me you had a story about it. I saw some of your reaction. You told me that you were really close to it. But what was that like being around just one of the most chaotic weather scenes I think we've seen dare I say, since, you know, outside of a hurricane. Well, 15 years ago, April 2nd, 2006, a major 
EF3 tornado swept through my town, Carruthersville, Missouri. I happened to be living in Tennessee at the time, but we were visiting family that day. And we left town 30 minutes ahead of the storm. Uh, so we could see it behind us as we were driving home. So fast forward to uh, December 10th of this year. That's when that when the storm occurred. You could see the storm coming on radar as it was going out of Little Rock. Um, everybody on TV was saying this thing looks to be bad. It's going to be tracking up through northeast Arkansas, through the Missouri boot heel. So I had eyes on that thing probably two hours before it hit. Um, and, yeah, once it got close... It's, you know, the radar started picking up heavy bits of debris, and it was pretty certain that this was this was major. And my aunt called me probably about probably about half an hour before the storm hit and said, Hey, we're all at the storm shelter. Would you and your folks like to come? And so I debated with my folks, hey, are we gonna do this? And the consensus was we'll we'll just hang out in the in the basement, which was is a death trap because it's full of sharp metal and glass and all that good stuff. Something but, that's uh, kind of hard to survive. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of tough. Um, so then we turned and looked at the TV, and they could see on radar the radar beams were were bouncing off the storm, and they were able to see the elevation of it and saw that debris was being lofted more than fifteen thousand feet and rising close to twenty. And so Yikes. that got all of our attention. And so okay. Let's let's go shelter. So we go to the middle school and it's like a scene out of a movie. The sirens are blaring. There's lightning flashing constantly. I'm picking up the dog and running to the car. We're zooming on over to the school and I get to the building and there's people kind of bottlenecked out to the hallway. And I thought, oh, you know, they're just waiting to go downstairs, you know, into, into the bunker. Little did I know there is no bunker. We were, the shelter is above ground with windows. And there's that's a, that's the shelter in here. Just have people surround you. Holy cow. My yes. Goodness. So, and it was just, everyone was just sitting around with their dogs and as people of all kinds of backgrounds and denominations. And here we were just kind of sitting ducks. And then they said, well, you know, this building is, is built pretty substantially should be able to withstand a strong tornado, but. I don't know. I mean, knowing what we know now, seeing the devastation, we're, we're very blessed that we didn't get hit. Uh, we were Just before the storm hit, my mom, being the faithful woman that she is, uh, clapped her hands and yelled, we need to say the Lord's Prayer. And so we did it, except that she screwed up halfway through and it made it even more awkward. Did she throw an F-bomb in there? Uh, I almost did. Our father, who are in bleeping heaven, get so us out of here. Later, a week later, my cousin, who's a nurse practitioner in, in a county north of here, um, had an older lady come in and see her. And she said that she was from Carruthersville. And, and of course, my cousin asked her, well, did you get hit by the storm? Was everything OK? And she said, oh, yeah, well, I was at the shelter. We didn't have anything to worry about. She said, this this tall lady came in, clapped her hands, said, we got to pray. We got to pray. And so my cousin said, well, what did you do? So, well, we pray. <laughs> we, man, that's, that's kind of funny. Uh, it, I, I would listen, the people down there, like I said, we hope, uh, we hope they can, they can get better soon because that there's obviously a devastation. And, you know, while, while there's always stories you can kind of chuckle when people, how people act like that is very serious. And like I said, we hope 
hope everyone can get back on their feet there. I know there's been a lot of help. Uh, a lot of folks, even from Michigan here, have sent some stuff down, some supplies and whatnot, and the American Red Cross and whatnot. So let's hope let's hope they can, like I said, get get through it here. Now let's move to the hockey side of things, Peyton. I know I I'm horrible at, at I'm great at some segues, but unfortunately with transitions, I am the worst. Just ask my old skating coach. That was the reason why I was a goaltender. Couldn't go forward to backwards that well. Nashville and Washington tonight. And this is, first of all, it's the first game for both of these teams since the holiday break, which I know there's been a lot of, you know, people on both sides of what the NHL decided to do here. Also, the fact that this is the first time that these two teams have played since, what was it, January of 2020. This has been a few, it's been a little bit, it's been a minute there, Peyton, since these two teams have met. But right now, you know, you and I discussed in the summer, you know, the Nashville Predators, they're, we weren't, we didn't go full Pierre Dorian. They're a team, but like we, did you really have high expectations for this team coming into the season? Not at all. I expected them to be a bubble team at worst or at best, really. What we're seeing right now is much like what we saw in the 2021 Jordan season, a team that doesn't quite have an identity. I mean, they're starting to build on one, the quote unquote predator way where you out grit teams. And we've seen that quite a bit lately. And yes, they're on a seven-game winning streak coming into this game, but you look at some of the teams they beat, uh, New Jersey, Montreal, uh, the New York Islanders who have been struggling mightily, and the Colorado Avalanche who had uh, major COVID issues right before the break. So it's still hard to get a read on this team, even though they are technically hot coming into this game. Yeah, seven straight wins right now, and I believe it's them and the Pittsburgh Penguins that have that the longest win streaks, right? At least the current active win streaks, which is, I mean, like that's the thing too. I mean, this team has found ways to win games, and you know, a lot. Some people out there say that UC Saros should have gotten some Hart Trophy recognition by the way he played last year. How has he played in your eyes this season? There was a lot of speculation coming into this year. Can UC Saros continue his performance? He has strong 2021. He was strong as Pecorino's backup, but this has really been his first year as the guy. And yes, they have Riddick and they've called up Connor Ingram, but Saros has shouldered quite a bit of the load here. He's played, he's already played 24 games this season. Now I was looking on NHL.com and they kind of have the Stats combined with wins and save percentage. And right now, he's fifth on that list behind Tristan Jari. 15 wins and a 924 save percentage. And we usually have a read on how teams and certain players are doing through uh, through the Thanksgiving weekend. And so, Soros, here we are about to enter the new year, and he's still putting up tremendous numbers. So, he's living up to the hype and then some. Yeah, and that's really important too because there was a big question, you know, for even myself, because I know obviously he got the starts in the 2020 bubble in the qualifying round against Arizona and didn't quite work out as well for the Predators. And we thought, man, is Saros really going to be the guy? And then he decided to drag the team into the playoffs last year. And like you mentioned, I mean, 924 save percentage, two shutouts this year. He's been sensational. We'll continue on here talking about the Predators here in just a moment's time. But I must pause to tell you guys, it is the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit and eating healthier, then you got to make Built Bar part of your plan. 
Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, as it makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes good and you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or just taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. And by like week three, you're thinking, is this even worth it? It's not even chocolate. Well, guys, Built Bar, the ones that are covered in chocolate, are 100% real chocolate. So here's an idea for you. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, and office, and in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. Go to Built.com right now to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, that is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. See, Peyton, on this show, I have to make sure we pay the bills here. See, we got to, we don't, we didn't really have any bills to worry about when in the old show that we were doing. So we have to make sure that our, uh, our folks there are nice and happy because obviously with all the great products that we have, including, I got some free stuff right here on the table. I, I don't want to show it because it'd be awkward if I reached off camera and stuff, even though we had Wixie on yesterday. So I can't really say too much. Gosh. But anyways, where were we, Peyton? What were we talking about? We're talking about uh, tornadoes. No, no tornadoes. Cheeseburgers. We're talking about cheeseburgers, right? Wix. Yeah, I love does. how I say cheeseburgers, and I hear Wixie down the hall jump up and start running around. Gosh Almighty, she's not fat. I promise, guys. All right, Peyton. So let's let's stick it back to the Preds here. Right now, they are second in the division. Now, yes, a lot of the games are kind of skewed. The Colorado Avalanche are fourth in the division last time I checked, which is still considered. Right? No, wait, I thought they were fourth. Yes, they are fourth behind the St. Louis Blues. However, they played the fewest games in the Central Division. Nashville and Minnesota have each played 30. Only St. Louis is the only team in that division that's played 31 games. Does this, is it, I know you mentioned how this team has played games and against, you know, lackluster teams or base, you know, you mentioned the Islanders and COVID protocol issues with the Colorado Avalanche. Even though in that game, Nashville had a few guys out as well. Is this team a second place team in your eyes or a team that's dare I say, battling for a division title? They're a team that I think can battle for it, but you look at their system, and again, they can grip their way to victories, but I'm not sure if it's exactly sustainable to stay up at the, the top end of the conference. I still think they're still around a bubble team right around that wild card mark. Now, I think their chances are quite a bit better as we've seen this season roll along, but... Uh, the, the top spots in each division are reserved for teams that have high-end skill and can put a full team effort together. Uh, Nashville, they've got a little bit of skill, and they, they've had a big resurgence with Matt Duchesne. Philip Forsberg's come back into the lineup and perform well. Uh, Mikhail Granlin's been a disher for the ages, but I still don't think it's going to be quite enough to stay up there on that top end of the Central. I, I got I, I to gotta know this. I, someone has to look up the stat. Because I'm not sure if if Bobby Orr led the Boston Bruins back in the 70s in points. If he did, it may have happened. But right now, Roman Yossi is leading the team in points again. He, it, is, is this going to happen a third year in a row? Like, I don't know if this has ever happened. I know, like, like I mentioned, Bobby Orr is probably one of the greatest players in the history of hockey. The best defenseman, dare I say. But yet here's Roman Yossi about to pull off something that I don't think has ever happened. Now, you can chalk that up to the fact that you know, the Predators have maybe had slight dips in offensive production from certain players. Like you mentioned, Duchesne and Granlin really coming around this year. But the fact that Roman Yossi is still at the top of his game, dare I say, enough to lead an NHL team in points as a defenseman. I mean, what more can we say about the, the Preds captain? He's maintained a high level, and I think he's even played even better than his Norris Trophy year. And 
And yes, when a defenseman wins a Norris, you want them to be a great all-around defenseman. But he has brought it tremendously on the offensive side. You look at that goal he scored against Detroit, weaving through the whole defense, that quick fadeaway shot against Colorado where he's drifting to the right and the shot just skims to the left. He's just been an incredible player, and he's getting up there in age. I mean, he was drafted back in 2008, so some of those guys are starting to show their age. But Yossi's kept his foot on the gas, and I think, once again, he's going to be a prime contender for the Norris and and probably will go ahead and leave the Preds in points once again, unless Philip Forsberg can catch back up. That is true, and, and Forsberg certainly has a touch. I'm looking at hockey reference right now. Bobby Orr led the Bruins in 1970 and then went on to finish second in team scoring in the next three seasons behind Phil Esposito. So he, I, man, now I'm not, this is not me implying that Bobby Orr or Roman Yossi is better than Bobby Orr. I don't want people flying the comments for that, but he, yeah, he's been good. And I know people in heat, when Shea Weber left, you know, back in 2016, when he was traded, everyone thought that was going to hurt Yossi. And he, I say he's only gotten better. Uh, you mentioned Philip Forsberg here and you know, he had, he was really at his peak during that 17 cup run here, you know, he, but he seems like he still has a guy that has that ability to still be a big time player for this hockey club. He's got that power. He, you know, he came out with that four goal game against, against Columbus. He had two goals, nearly a hat trick against Colorado. He's always had it. Just the only problem is, and you know, we might need a mad scientist to figure this out is that he's so streaky. It's it's a it's amazing when I look back at at some of his previous games. Uh, recently, you know, again the four goal game against Columbus, then nothing against Boston. Two games later, nothing against Detroit and, and against the Islanders, but then an assist, and then the two goals, one uh, one assist game against the Avalanche. So when he wants to perform, he does, and then sometimes he just has some off nights. So that's what. And there was a debate a handful of years ago. Is Philip Forsberg a superstar? Greg Wyshynski was the one who brought up that debate. And he would be if he was more consistent. But we're just seeing a Philip Forsberg that is capable, but some for some reason is held off by his streakiness. And that's something that even all, I mean, there are some guys that, you know, are pretty consistent through the games and through the season. And, you know, the Washington Capitals have seen Alex Ovechkin the way he's played. And while Kuznetsov has been up and down over lately because of some COVID issues, he's he had a pretty solid start to the year. It's it's not an easy thing to be a consistently top-end player. It's never easy to do it. I mean, for a guy, I mean, we mentioned 20, 25 goals is an impressive year nowadays, which means you sometimes you don't score for three or four games. And the fact that you're able to still put up games and put up good performances is a sign of a good player. Last question here before we get to our predictions for the game here, Peyton. Who do you think is someone that needs to step up and play better? And then we met, I know we talked about how this team is exceeding expectations prior to the season and they're in a playoff hunt. They're in a division title hunt right now as we come back from the holiday break. But who is someone in that you're watching that you say, I, I want more from? Ellie Tolvanen. It's it's time for Ellie Tolvanen. Your guy, Ellie Tolvanen, has been yep. your, that. That's been your guy for gosh. When did he get drafted? <laughs> uh, 2017. There you and are. There was a lot of hype from him. You know, he was he was a a bullet train coming from the Finnish national team. He played great at the World Juniors. He was a star for them at the Olympics. He lit the lamp for 
for Jokerditz in the KHL, but we just haven't quite seen that with the Predators yet. He's been up and down the lineup, but I will say, though, he has really improved his defensive game. And so if they can just find a way to, to make him more of a consistent performer offensively, uh, then that's that's only going to help him. And I think his days of going up and down from the minors are over, so now he's just got to consistently keep bringing it at the NHL level. And he had that great hot streak last year. I think he had goals, and you know I'd have to look back at it. I want to say it was five straight or more, um, multiple power play goals where he would score on a crossbody slap shot. So he's got it. We just need to see more of it. Yeah, right now eleven points so far this year, which which is not bad. And I, I, it's tough for a player like him because they were for the first few years there within he was in the organization. I mean, it was hard because he would go to Milwaukee and then he'd get called up for a couple games, wouldn't do anything. Everyone's like, "See, he's a bad player." Goes back down to Milwaukee and gets called up for two more games and gets sent back down again. Like, it's really difficult for a player to find consistency. And maybe, like you mentioned, he had that hot streak last year and. Maybe this is his sophomore slump. We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, there's still a lot of hockey to be played here. So now let's let's look at this game tonight. The Washington Capitals, by the way, are having a bit of a COVID bug themselves. Now, unlike the United States World Junior team, they are allowed to play this game because of now the new taxi squad initiative and whatnot. For, actually, I'll ask you about that, Peyton. What is your take on this taxi squad coming back here? I talked with Mike DiStefano on the Lockdown NHL show yesterday. We both like the fact that it's back so we can get these games in for this cause, because right now I believe they think was there six Washington capitals on COVID protocol right now, including a goaltender. Do you like the taxi squad coming back here? Do you think it's going to really, I don't want to say stop this spread, but kind of just help get the season kind of getting some consistency again. Wish it had been around all along, uh, especially as a backup option, uh, at least have something on the table just in case you need it. So it, it's, Become a necessary evil, especially with the Omicron variant sweeping across all these teams. Uh, they made some adjustments to where a team, I think St. Louis ran into this problem. A couple other teams ran into the problem where if they need to call a goalie up, it's not going to be, you know, an act of Congress to get a goalie on your roster. Yeah, and that, that's a real good thing. And with that, we're probably going to see Michael Kempney get his first game since March of 2020. So oh, maybe that's a sign. Good. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's a sign the pandemic is over there, Peyton. Michael Kempney back in the lineup. It's over because he was. It's he, not he over is, because we were talking about Roman Yossi, but you won't have to worry about him tonight. He's also on uh, protocol. Just got put on yesterday. Oh, geez. It's and of course, I th who? How many did Nashville have out in that Colorado game? Was it six or was it seven? seven six, seven, or eight, something like that. It was pretty high. I mean, they were very close to to having to postpone. It was surprising that one, they were able to play and two that they won. So, so big. Yeah. And that that's, I mean, and the Avs had some problems as well. Of course, Kemper and McCarr got pulled right before that game. Uh, Caps right now who have COVID protocol, Daniel Sprung, Justin Schultz, Nick Jensen, Vitek Vanacek, Martin Fayervari, and Dennis Chalowski. Uh, Kuznetsov and Backstrom, of course, just got pulled off COVID because they skated yesterday and or they skated on Monday, excuse me, they should be tonight. Hopefully we'll see if anything changes when we see the morning skate later on today, which we'll kind of discuss tomorrow when we recap the game between the Preds and the Caps. Peyton, who do you have winning this game? I Don't worry, you don't have to feel like you have to play favorites. I've done a really good job and have a good run of picking against the Washington Capitals. How do you think this game ends tonight? Is Ovechkin healthy? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what healthy is with him because he gets banged up and he still scores two goals. Like it's, it's weird. If he's in the lineup, that guy has been, I mean, 
he pressed the God button before the season started. So I think Ovechkin's going to turn it back on, and I think the Capitals end up winning. I'm going to guess four to two. Four to two, an empty netter probably. Yeah, I mean he's second in the league, second in the league with goals for a reason, twenty two, and only behind Leon Dreisaitl. And it's funny because he's, I don't want to say he's been on a bit of a cold spell, but he's, he's gone a little quiet on the goal side of things. He's had a has had a few good uh, assist markers. I mean he's one of he's dare I say Alex Ovechkin, the playmaker this year, forty seven points so far for Ovi. I, you know, I've always heard this, the story that this is a three, two league. And with the goaltending, we may see tomorrow. I it's all signs, despite Phoenix Copley getting called up, all signs are seeing Ilya Samsonov versus UC Soros. Correct. Peyton. I didn't see him on the COVID list, right? Uh, he's, he's still, um, still active as, 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 as of now. So, all right, perfect. And of course we're recording this on Tuesday night. So obviously a lot can change because heck, heck COVID it's the real thing guy. And so, yeah, I'm going to go three, two and you know what? For somehow, some reason, Philip Forsberg is going to stick it to his former team. I know really? Martin Erat trade was, wasn't that like a decade ago now, eh? Like 2013. Was a, 2013, that's right. Holy cow. Because I still remember I still remember people screaming, oh my goodness, Martin Erat, he's the next big thing. He went to Washington and did nothing. <laughs> did nothing at all. i tell you what, speaking of that, um, if people can correctly guess my age, I'll throw in a free copy of was this gold record, the history of hockey in Music City. And in this, David Poyle brags about how a player had never asked him for a trade out of Nashville. And that was recorded a season prior to Martin Erat asking his way out of town in one of the worst trades of all time. My goodness, David Poyle, the master of getting players for too much or too little, whatever you want to call it. I, I, well, my goodness. Now I'm trying to, I think you've told me your age before, but I forget. Because you're older than me, which means you're older than Harrison. Because Harrison's one year older than I am. Oh, oh I can't, I can't guess it then because Harrison? I. Well, Harrison and I would have graduated if we, if I had actually gone through college and been a good Samaritan and done all that crap and paid an extra thirty-five thousand dollars, I would have graduated in 2017 with Harrison. That's why I always like to joke with him whenever I see him. Like, hey, you know, or sometimes I'm like, you know, that you and I would have graduated the same year, right? You and I would have gone for the, the same gigs and same job, right? Because, of course, Harrison now the and if, uh, Harrison, I'm not, and that's not a knock at Harrison. Harrison is, dare I say, one of the best in the game right now. I, I think he's one of the best voices. And there's a reason why he called games over Al Randall at Scott Moore at the last true Great Lakes Invitational back in Detroit. And Peyton, I'm pretty sure you can attest to that. As far as he goes now, those other guys, I have no idea. I, Scott and Scott and Al are cool guys. Now, I, I wonder how Al is doing um, over the last 24 hours, Peyton, because you you saw this story, and I I myself, who have been broadcasting for Western Michigan sporadically this year, I actually have a trip coming up here in a couple weeks when we go to Colorado Springs. Go get to go to the new rink out for Colorado College. That's gonna be a fun trip. But the Western Michigan Broncos are gonna be competing in the GLI this year, which is one of the most prestigious post-holiday tournaments in college hockey. And it's a little bit different this year because they're not in Detroit like they usually are. They're playing it in Michigan and Michigan State are hosting two games each with Western and Michigan Tech playing them both on back-to-back -back nights. Michigan it was scheduled to play Michigan Tech on Wednesday. This without, you know, guys like Matty Beneers and uh, Owen Power, Ken Johnson, Jacob Truscott, Mackie Saniskevich, and so on and so forth because they're in Edmonton at Red Deer playing in the World Junior Championships. The Thursday night game was supposed to be between number three Michigan, I think, and number five Western. 
a huge top five matchup, everyone's premier game. However, it was announced yesterday by the University of Michigan that they, due to health and safety wellness issues, they are not going to play the game on Thursday, even though they're still going to play the game on Wednesday against number 16, Michigan Tech. Now, Peyton, listen, I, I and people that know me know I'm a big Michigan supporter. Michigan football has been in my blood. I remember watching Marty Turco and Billy McCall back in the day when I was a young kid. And of course, Friday night when Michigan plays Georgia, you know, I'll be glued to the TV. Even though I'm supposed to have friends over at this house, I'm going to be watching the football game instead. I'm very disappointed in University of Michigan right now. Like, I, how, when have you ever heard of a team having to cancel? Like, I know they're saying it's a health and awareness issue. That's why they're, you know, just canceling the game. But this just seems like a play of, you know what? We don't have our best players and we don't want to get beat even, you know, and lose our, our spot in the rankings because of it. As I told you in Harrison yesterday, that's uh fishier than the ocean. So I, I'm right there with you. How can you cancel one game and then play in the next one a, a night later? Just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. And if you don't have any positive tests on your team, or if you have very few, then you need to play. That's just plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, listen, it, it's funny. I mean, Western Michigan has a bigger roster than University of Michigan does. I know that, but there were a lot of guys that when I broadcasted the weekend of Western versus Michigan, there were a lot of guys that were scratched because, you know, in college hockey, they have like 35 players, so they can make sure they can have players when they're out because of sort of stuff like this. And it, it, like in my, the first thing that came to my head when I saw this, first of all, shout out to Adam Bodner because he said, I'm like, so do protocols start on Thursday then? <laughs> that was the, hmm. That was the tweet that I saw. But and this is where like it hit me, and I I would love to because Mel Pearson worked under Red Berenson before taking his first job with Michigan Tech, and I know people in Houghton really don't like him because of that because there's a whole story, but that's not here nor there. I would love to ask Mel, would Red Berenson do this? Like, would Red do? Because there were many times that Michigan went into the GLI shorthanded because they have so many good players that be playing at the World Juniors. Why? now like why like i swear red barons would never have thought of such a stupid idea no and and that was the guy that was tough as nails and a pure hockey legend so i think he would have this is far-fetched but i think he would have rather taken a team of five up there to compete than than take the easy way out like michigan's doing and it's it's so obvious that they're doing this you know you can't you can't fool anyone on this one no, and, and it's funny. I just watched recently the watched again the the Michigan Man uh, doc or uh, not doc, but the the special they did honoring Red Berenson. And I remember there was a point in that '98 national championship season they were battling Michigan State for the top spot in the old CCHA. And Marty Turco was their best goaltender, and he like skipped a couple of classes. And Red said, "This is the last straw," and he did it one more time before the big weekend against Michigan State, and he benched Marty Turco. Marty Turco, of course, went into a long NHL career. This great goaltender, arguably the best ever to go to the University of Michigan, and he benched him in a big weekend because of because of you know breaking morale and breaking you know team rules, not school rules, team rules. And I and that's why I say to myself, I'm like Red would not care who he has. He could play, and that team, of course, had ten freshmen. Like he could play as many like a bunch of JV kids. He doesn't matter. He's going to play that game. So that's why this story irks me to the point where I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like. The NCAA should step in and say, no, this is a loss. That should be like a forfeit. I, I don't know. I don't know how exactly how it works. I never want to be in a position of power that makes those decisions. But you think, Peyton, given the circumstances, given the fact that 
you know, unless, I mean, Michigan has said no one's tested positive. People have come at Western saying, did anyone at Western test positive? And of course, everyone at Western Michigan says, nope, we're fine. Should the NCAA step in here? Ah, uh, I mean, that that's a tough call. And, and it, it seems like the damage has been done at this point. There's, there's nothing you can do. If this was called much further ahead of time, I would say yes. You need intervention from the NCAA. But I think from at this point, it's just too late, and now Michigan is going to sit there and look foolish. I yeah, and that's and I remember I, I texted Harrison this. I'm like, so who is rooting for Tech on Wednesday? Like, I mean, first of all, the people at Michigan Tech are some of the best fans and the best people in college hockey. Dare I say? I haven't been to McKinnis yet. Haven't been up there to Houghton to watch a game. But I've heard, Peyton out or Peyton. Harrison always tells me we got to go up there. We got to take you up there, even you know whether it be Winterfest or or excuse me the Winter Carnival or just coming up to a game in in October. It's an experience, and I and they're proud hockey people up there. So you know I think they're gonna maybe take that game to heart on Wednesday. Mitch's misfits, baby. Oh man, and one of the best pet bands in college hockey too. I love Michigan's band. I love the you know the band at Fair State's always kind of fun, but boy oh boy they. Michigan Tech's pet band. They're they're a riot. They're a riot to always be around. I, did they they never came down to Huntsville, right? Not the pet band, but the Misfits did uh, did one time. Really? So yeah, uh, uh, the, the Misfits came. That's like, that's like a thirty hour trip, eh? Isn't it? Something, uh, like, something that? like that. Um, I'll shout them out. There's a podcast out there, uh, Chasing McNaughton, the Michigan ah. Tech podcast, and they've always uh, been. Really supportive to me personally, and so I, I you know, I appreciate them and, and Michigan Tech as well. Have always been kind to me, so so go Tech. Yeah, <laughs> no, no bias here on Locked On Capitals. I know we just completely lost like ten or people listening. Like this ain't the Washington. Ca-. Listen, I have to wait a week to get this off my chest if I want to do it on the Locked NHL show. I'm like, let's just do it now, get it out of the way. And since you know, Peyton, you're a college hockey guy, you're you kind of have an idea about Was. Michigan. Oh, hey, listen, Peyton. You got this. You you know as well as anyone that, and I know as well as anyone that you have what it takes. Someone's going to smarten up, and unfortunately, the program that you're working for is well. I'm, I there there are people down there that are making decisions that are just dumb. I still want my I still want my donation back. By the way, I don't know if you can send a note <laughs> down there to, to those guys. Yeah. I'm pretty sure hey, Brian Burke. For one is, season. Yeah, I paid. Oh, you're right. I paid, I, you're right. I paid for that. Brian Burke. Brian Burke, Cam Talbot, the list goes on and on. My Mark Recky. My gosh, Mark Recky, Sofkaitis and the guys. Oh, I, I feel so awful for those guys because Alabama Huntsville's got to get their poop together because that's ridiculous. Uh, anyways, enough about me ranting about the disparities in college hockey. That is it for this edition of Lockdown Capitals, folks. Yes, the Nashville Predators and the Washington Capitals will be playing tonight. It'll be a puck drop at Capital One Arena tonight. Should be an exciting game between two of the best teams right now in the league, the hottest team going into the break in Nashville and with the best, one of the best offensive weapons in the history of the sport. Dare I say the best core in the history of hockey, Alex Ovechkin. Should be a fun one, Peyton. Peyton says the Preds are, or Caps are going to win. I say Preds are going to win. So no matter what, we kind of win in some way or another, right? It evens out. It evens out. And you know what, Peyton? There's I know we got the world juniors on, but NHL will have a game and there'll be an NHL hockey game featuring our teams. That's nice, right? There will. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to get some props together for the people watching. So Ooh, got more Pred stuff. What's what's on the back of that? Just right, the camera's reverse. So it's kind of tricky to navigate here. 
Go. So, oh, Nissan. Wow, man. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a hard promo sweater. Hard rally promo towels. Sweater. So paint the tent. I mean, that was another the Nissan one. Yeah. Well, Peyton Turnage, of course, you know, he probably got some of that stuff during the 17 cup run. Good friend of Steve Dangle, by I the way. I did not. <laughs> I, I did not have deep enough pockets to go to the rink in 17. You're telling me that you're telling me Justin didn't get you even in there. What the heck? Pa oh pays God. for pays for three guys from Toronto to come all the way down and go to a Stanley Cup finals game. Doesn't even give you a helping hand. No, but uh, I will say uh, yeah, the Preds tickets were ridiculous and have been ridiculous since then. So I happened to be close by at the time on assignment with a, a former employer. And so I went to games one and two in St. Louis. So that oh, was uh, an experience in and of itself. Well, there you go. You were able to go to some games and whatnot. Obviously out there guys, be sure to follow him at Peyton underscore turnage. And if you ever hear of your college hockey broadcaster and you think he's subpar, well, write a very, not passive aggressive, but just good spirited email or letter to you that school or team and tell him Peyton turnage is still available. For I'll throw in a free copy of gold record of gold record. Wait, you're telling me you don't even want, you don't want to promote uh, Justin's book, uh, the history of Smashville. Uh, that's that's somewhere. That's all. I'll, I'll throw from this podcast that I've I've never finished reading that, and I've had that book for like five years. Hey, it's hard to get books done, man, especially when you're busy like this. I've been reading Ken Dryden's The Game for I think for four years now. <laughs> so I've been needing to catch up on Ken Reed, One Night Only, Hockey Card Stories, Hockey Card Stories. Sorry, I got oh, I I've I've gotten through both of those. Those are easy summer reads. I'll tell you that. Uh, I do need to get one night only the Denny Maruk book, the Dennis Maruk book. Speaking of Washington Capitals fans, I mentioned this before. That is a great book. Dennis Maruk, you know, who scored 60 goals back with the Caps back in the 80s. One of the forgotten 60 goal men. Certainly, if you're a if you are not just a Caps fan, but, you know, a person who loves reading hockey books, hockey stories, true hockey stories. Kenny Reed is the guy always to go to works up there in Sportsnet from pick to Nova Scotia. So you were mentioning the, the Ken Dryden book. It's good that you're reading his book instead of getting the audiobook because his audiobook should come with a disclaimer. Is Ken it with Dryden him reading it? Calm, soothing voice that will make you fall asleep at the wheel and become a danger to yourself and others. It's happened come close to happening to me several times. Oh, there are some stories because uh, he kind of he talks about the season. It's about so long story short. I know we're running over time here, but let's be honest. If I get fired tomorrow, so be it. I mean, I'm pretty sure they won't be missing me too much here. <laughs> Locked on. But anyways, no, I, I said this. It's about the last season that he played in the 78, 79 season, the latter half. So the last cup for the that group of the Montreal Canadiens. And he kind of goes off on like different stories, like, you know, being from Toronto, what's it like playing in the mass or in Maple Leaf Gardens or whatever, or playing Buffalo and all this stuff. And, the, you know, the camaraderie, of the team, whatever. But he, he says it because he's such a smart guy. Like he got a lawyer degree because I'm not he passed the bar, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Like this guy was a genius at Cornell and whatnot. He was he's there. I say the smartest player ever to play hockey. I, I don't think I, I can probably agree. I can probably attest to that. But the fact of this is that he gets he he words things so eloquently and it's so soothing even reading it by myself like you just kind of get a little bit of a nice calm feeling and i just end up falling asleep reading a good book and that's the those are the best naps reading you know naps while you're reading the best literally the best naps what do you what are you flashing there uh just various items while you're ranting away Listen, I won't. Let's be honest. Yeah, I don't know if you were clocking me or not, but I'm pretty sure I kept all of my questions down to two minutes. 
Um, unlike uh, apparently accusations of me meandering on for five minutes and whatnot, Peyton. They're not accusations if they're true. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think I went back to one of the, not the ones that one of the wins we talked at, but I think it was maybe an interview with like, I don't know if it was Jeff Sabolski or Brian Mudrick, but it it just took me a while to get to the point of the question. <laughs> I just remember that. And I was like, man, there's a reason why I probably has never been back on my show again. Because <laughs> it takes me six minutes to give for him for a give a two minute answer. That's why having Alex was here was nice because he just gave. What do you guys think about this? That was it. That was Alex. You are that Kim Quinlan video. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm referencing because you call me out on it. And it's literally because you can only post videos for two minutes and 20 seconds on Twitter. And it's her for two minutes and 20 seconds <laughs> asking a question. And I mean, there's a lot of those out there like podcasters be like, and that's kind of true. That's why that's why it's tough on this one, because we're hitting 40 minutes right now. It's so tough to keep it under 30 sometimes. And I've realized that as well, because I know the Lockdown World Junior episode that's coming out today, despite there being only one game scheduled, that being Canada and Austria with the U.S. being canceled, I think we're going to hit 40 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's it's not easy. Doing two hours was easy, Peyton, believe it or but not. But you pump out a lot of content, and it takes a special kind of person to do that. So don't let me give you too much crap, and don't let it discourage you. I don't, man. I Here's the thing. I... I don't, I don't let it get to me because unfortunately if I do, then what am I gonna do? Stop and be boring. I mean, I do, I did get a Facebook Oculus too for the wife and I for Christmas, but I can only do that so much in a day. Yeah. I'm just, you know, are you flexing your die cast there? Yeah. I got a whole die cast diorama behind me. Oh, no. Oh, is that a, hold on. Stop that. Who is that? No, go back here. That. No, that's who is that? Cause it looks like a, it looks like, a cheap knockoff of the Dale Earnhardt uh, uh, what Wrangler car. Da oh, Davey Pearson. Davey Pearson. Davey Pearson. Man, there's a name. By the way, Peyton and I are NASCAR fans. So, so people are watching right now. The last half of this show has just been Peyton and I rambling on. That's usually how we go. That's how it goes. That is, that's how it goes. If you ever we'll want to check out old... Tyler and Turnage, that'll be just that. It'll just be us just talking for two hours. What it is, I don't know. We'll probably mention something stupid, but it's okay. But we should end it, though, before Sean fires me. Thank you all very much for watching Locked On Capitals. Be sure to follow us at Locked On Caps. Follow Peyton down over there, right down below him there. Get if you that do, gold. I'll throw in a copy of Gold Record. At Peyton underscore Turnage on Twitter. Follow me, the inside of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, at TJKU29 on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, Peyton TikTok. I'm on it. I post fun stuff with my dog and fun stuff, hockey stuff. I'll be posting a fun little thing on my TikTok that was on my TikTok on Twitter about the the last winner, the first winter classic that the Washington Capitals played in back in 2011 and just have some fun with that. So that is it. I'm going to cut it off because I have to. And, you know, Peyton and I have lives, even though we're probably going to sit here and talk for 20 minutes afterwards. That's just what we do. Anyways, goodbye, everybody.